Life and Motherhood Uncensored. Hey, Allie. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm here. So, as you know, B-Man just turned one years old. It was massively bittersweet. <laughs> and uh, That's so I crazy. Look, I don't even understand it? how it's already been a year. <laughs> it has gone so friggin' quick. Anyways, I'm looking at my husband and I remind him that we're old. <laughs> and it's like... Hey, um, if we want to have another kid, we really need to start thinking about it because again, we're old (laughs) and all that I could remember in that second is how much pregnancy sucks. Absolutely. Do you remember how it felt (laughs) to be pregnant? It was, I was sick the entire time. Like from the moment I found out. I felt like we were fed this lie. Why does everyone, oh, get pregnant, get pregnant, everyone said. It'll be fun, they said, and it was miserable. (laughs) Can I just say that smells are so serious when you're pregnant? I remember when I was freshly pregnant, I'm talking like four weeks, and we were put into a hotel due to mold in our house on base, and can I just start by saying I love me some Mexican food, and well, I learned very quickly that Mexican food was just not going to be my cup of tea for a while. And that was just the start of my food aversions. It was such a bummer. Oh, and then to top it off, the hotel we had to stay in, oh my gosh, it just smelled and reeked of mildew. So it was just this concoction of not with the programs, you know? None of my friends told me how shitty pregnancy is. None of them. They, they all, (laughs) they all told me how much they loved being pregnant and maybe... Maybe they did. Um, I I know that some people out there, and I don't want to scare anybody listening in, there are a lot of people, from what I am told, that have had wonderful pregnancies that don't go through this stuff at all. Or it's only crappy for like the first few weeks or the first trimester, and then it's great. But that was not either of our experiences. Not at all. And um, that pregnancy glow, like, I mean, where was the pregnancy glow? There there was no pregnancy glow. I had no glow. I, I had dry skin and <laughs> acne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plenty of acne that literally covered my entire chin, like from like literally cheekbone to cheekbone. And it was up my cheeks and... I, it, yeah, mm-hmm. and my hair just felt so greasy all the time, too. Like, it was more greasy than it, it normally ever was. Oh, see, mine, and I don't know if this is because I'm old or what, but I used to be, I used to have very oily skin, very oily thin hair, and then I went through this <laughs> dry desert phase <laughs> of pregnancy. That took every bit of moisture out of my life. <laughs> I don't think – I think I was the opposite. <laughs> I think I just had so much oil <laughs> on my face and oil in my hair and just like acne on my chest that I hadn't had since I was in high school. Like it was I, – I feel like I, I was the opposite. Absolutely. You and I had a hard time, you know, in our pregnancy journey – 
And at least for me, I struggled with infertility for many years and I was ecstatic to get pregnant. However, (laughs) when I found out I was pregnant, I thought I was miscarrying because I was in such pain and I was having a little blood. And um, you, you think of pregnancy and everyone tells you just how wonderful and joyous of a time it is. And I was so thankful to be pregnant. And I was, it was like the happiest in my life I've ever been to feel like shit. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could put me in the category of like infertility issues we just had like when we were i don't want to say freshly trying but not like not intentionally trying but not doing anything to prevent it and we're like oh if it happens it happens and we had we got pregnant in march of what was it 2020 and then shortly after i would say i would i found out on a sunday that i was pregnant and then i my mom and my sister came up like they didn't know at this point showed up and I had this whole little T-shirts like promoted to Gigi and promoted to Aunt in 2021. But then we ended up – or no, it was going to be 2020 because the, my due date would have been like end of the year. But I ended up miscarrying that the night after my mom got to us. So I we ended up in the ER like for her visit. Like we, it was in and out of the doctor like, you know, blood tests to, you know, make sure that like my body was doing what needed to do the pass the baby. And then thankfully, you know, six months later, we ended up, you know, conceiving our daughter. And it was so stressful in those few months that, you know, you're like, is it, is it me? Is it something I'm doing? Is it something that I could have done to prevent it? And, you know, you're just thinking, am I able to get pregnant? Like I, like is, what can I do? And, you know, just as all those things are going through and all the stress and it's just like, oh, it's never going to happen for me. And then, you know, you hear the, oh, like once you stop trying and you calm down, like you'll, you'll be able to have, you know, you'll, it'll, it'll come. And, you know, you kept hearing that and you're like, oh, well, like it's never going to happen. Like I checked my ovulation, like how's it going to happen? And, and so just as like we started to die out and I was like, you know, if I don't, if I don't start getting with the program, I am going to downward spiral. And I sure shit was. And I was just crying like all the time. And, then I finally was just like, let's focus on work. And then that's when I got pregnant that September of 2020 and then had her June 2021. So it was um, definitely stressful. Um, Rainbow, baby! Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was um, quite quite the story. Yes, I think it's, it's very brave of you to talk about it. Yeah. And I, I think not enough people talk about it, about the struggles. And I mean, now, granted, I do have some friends that planned they wanted to be pregnant and got pregnant and everything was great. But I also have a lot of other friends that went through either infertility or miscarriages. And in my case, I have PCOS, which you know, and I do not ovulate regularly. One of my ovaries have a ton of cysts on them and the other one has just a few and it has been a long road I was and I mean I I was thrilled and I'm I am so happy to have gone through that experience but I feel like we need to be real as a society that although pregnancy is amazing and your body's incredible and for some people it might be that beautiful wonderful joy that we see on TV after that you know first trimester of hell 
But for other people, and it's common that people do not have wonderful pregnancies and that's okay too. And it doesn't diminish, you know, what we go through or the wonderfulness of the end result of that beautiful baby that we get. But it's not all, you know, roses and perfect little glowing, you know, thing. I mean, I imagine that I'd be rocking those like really cute tight dresses with my stomach and I'd still be in my heels and I'd have like my little fashionable bag and I'd be going all out, look at all cute with my oh, pregnancy absolutely. bump and no, I mean, <laughs> hair done, makeup done, you know, just like the shit you see. Yes. Yes. That yeah. was going to be me. That was going to be me. And then I got mm-hmm. pregnant and miserable and felt like crap. I mean, it felt like crap. And I was lucky if I wore lounge shorts and an oversized t-shirt or sweatpants and my uh, compression socks that I absolutely needed because my feet swelled <laughs> the heat in humidity in the summer to like sizes of freaking cantaloupes. It was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, and you could always find me on the couch if I wasn't at work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So true. But Brent was deployed the from when I was 18 weeks on to he, he got back at my 30, literally the day I turned 39 weeks. So I was home working by myself. I mean, unless I had like, you know, friends or family come up and visit for like a few weeks at a time, but like just by myself. So I had really no one to talk to other than my dogs. And so I, if I was not working, my ass was snoozing away. Like just, I, I would remember waking up and eating breakfast, going back to sleep until it was time for lunch, then to eat lunch and go back to sleep. And I'd still be asleep and in bed by midnight at the latest. Like, uh. how, like, did you feel lonely? I mean, obviously you feel lonely because your husband's deployed, but I, I can't imagine going through the throes of a first pregnancy and not having my husband there to complain to. I thank you yeah. for your husband's service and yours as well. I just want to say I, I thank you for that. But I, you know, tell us about how lonely that was. I would say, you know, I had my definitely, like, it, it was helpful that I was still working. Um, and so I kind of had like that. Uh, I was only working three days a week at a time, um, and I was a vet tech, so I would do I would go to work, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I would have that Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to chill out. But it gave me something to look forward to, but also not enough to make me be like, "Oh fuck this shit! I don't want to do this anymore." Because I loved my job, and I had, you know, every intention of going back. Postpartum anxiety said, "We're gonna get the best of you," and to hell with going back and no one can touch or watch her baby. Like all these crazy, you know, thoughts of bad things happening to her. She was not with me. Um, it's getting better with time, but I will say, um, I had a good experience of, it was nice that I was home by myself. You know, I didn't have to worry about or rely on anybody. And thankfully I didn't have a lot of, um, pregnancy cravings. So well, it was really only cereal and I had like 20 boxes in the house every day. Like I had stocked of cereal. (laughs) postpartum is real yeah it definitely was um still is I would say it's getting better as she gets older but it is no joke postpartum 
the fourth trimester is no joke. And they don't prepare you for that either because everything is about pregnancy. But what is it getting back to, you know, you saying how much you loved your job and that you wanted to go back. And, you know, I was in the same boat. I loved my job. I mean, you have to be careful about how you tell your work. And then you have to say, well, I want to come back or I plan to come back. Or do you plan to come back? But why are guys never asked if they're going to be a stay-at-home father? Why are guys never asked, oh, are you coming back after you give birth? (laughs) I think if um, the government didn't have such a tie on uh, my husband, I... He's actually said, he's like, you know, I would totally be a stay-at-home dad. I totally would. And I'm like, you know, my job, my income, doing that job is is not going to pay the bills. It's really not. You don't – if you go into the animal field in general, whether that be, you know, a zookeeper, what I wanted to do at one time, you know – vet tech over here working at the shelter doing like anything animal wise you are not in it for the money so but even if I even if I did that he said he would absolutely be a stay-at-home dad and I'm sure he'd be fantastic um but my brain would not allow me but he absolutely would um there are some guys who won't even consider it (laughs) so I mean I guess there's that but I guess it's just. I'd be jealous. I'd be jealous (laughs) if my husband got to stay home. (laughs) And I wish my job would offer, you know, a a part time availability because uh, childcare is so expensive that it's almost not worth it. No joke. For the other person to go to work. Mm -hmm. But it's just funny how I, I don't know about you. I don't know if you were still. I believe you were still at your job when you found out you were pregnant, right? Yes. I worked through my whole pregnancy. Um, I worked up until I was 37 weeks. And then because I was like, oh, she's going to come at any time. And I am not about to have my water break at work. So, yeah, I worked for, for the whole time. <laughs> was it stressful to have to tell your boss or did you guys have a great relationship where it was kind of easy to just say, hey, I'm going to be giving birth? Um, You know, it really wasn't a... Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who my family's first and my job is second. I'm replaceable at any moment at my job. So if you don't like it and my employer, you don't like it. I don't really give a shit. I'm jumping ship. So it wasn't really a debate and it will, I, I guess I wouldn't say I was nervous telling him just more so like, here are the cards that you are being dealt. If you don't like them, I don't care. Um, and if you do, great. I still did my job to my fullest. <laughs> I still did my job and all my duties. Um, obviously, as I got bigger, you know, because I hands on, you know, working with animals and obviously my belly started to get in the way of holding dogs yeah. for the exams or, um, you know, I couldn't really participate in um, like monitoring surgeries anymore because of, you know, the gas. I wasn't allowed to be around that. Um, so whenever surgeries were taking place in the back, I was up at the front working the desk or, you know, I was doing doing my lunch break or working in the back, doing other things, cleaning up stuff. But, um, as, as I got bigger, my roles started to change and it was more like paperwork front desk or like, you know, running, you know, blood work or doing like, you know, urinalysis or doing like a fecal test or, you know, anything like that. But I was doing more so of those or drawing up vaccines versus hands-on holding for exams and stuff. But I mean, like I said, I, he didn't really have an option. It was a, here you go. Have a great day. What you do with that information is up to you. Uh, 
if you if you decide to let me go. Did he have a good response? He was not. I wouldn't say he was the best boss. He was an older gentleman. um, And it was just more so of, okay, great. And I said, goodbye. I walked out of the office. That that was my response. (laughs) (laughs) The, The response I got was, okay. As you know, I work in a male-dominated field. Every female before me, aside from one, has actually left their job after giving birth. Oh. And there's only one other female at my office that has kids and does what I do. And I get it. Like, the demands of my job are great, and I understand that. But I can do both. I can do – I can be a great mother – and I can be a great worker. And I I didn't see him for several months. So he didn't get told till I was about five months pregnant. And I just, it wasn't something that I wanted to put in an email. And until I actually saw him, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> so when I saw him, I just, I, I went in and I said, hey, by the way, um, I'm pregnant. And I appreciate my role here. I want to continue that role. My work is important to me. And I will be back after I give birth. And left it at that. And his response was, okay. Yeah, he's like, sure thing. <laughs> that was, he's like, there was sure. no um, <laughs> congratulations. There was, no, there was just okay. And... Um, it could have gone worse. I mean, so, and I will say my job was excellent with giving time off, giving me a recovery period. I was very fortunate to get more time than other people get in America because we know that our postpartum care in America absolutely is atrocious and needs to change. And the fact that some people get no time off or have to go back to work within weeks or even the standard six to eight weeks is terrible. And I at least did get three months paid. And then I got the option of months after that unpaid. And that's sad that we have to do that in America So I don't want to bash my job. They've done an excellent job at, you know, giving me what I need. But God, do I wish I lived in Canada and could get a year to be with my my child. Like they don't. Yes. They don't take into account not only the physical recovery, but also the mental, the mental sphere that happens after you give birth And the postpartum issues, and even if you don't have postpartum issues, your hormones are still out of whack because your body is trying to regulate you back to where you were. And then to just say, oh, hey, now it's time for you to go back to work. Just leave your child. And then you have that stress of, oh, my gosh, who's caring for my child? Is my child safe? Am I a bad mother? And then the mother guilt comes in and, you know, employers don't want to hear about it because they don't want to hear, oh, well, they're not going to be 100 percent at work. Right. And then but not even to just like just the hormones, like going back to that, like like if you're breastfeeding, you're not you're still not even back to yourself because of the hormones you have 
with breastfeeding still. So then it's like, are you really back to where you should have been or like where you were prior? Like you're not. And it's just, it just, there's no consideration of those things. No, but instead of employers and society as a whole looking at that as this is a beautiful, wonderful thing for the human race, having a child, procreating, bringing a little wonderful person into this world, instead of that, it is, oh, she's going to be out for this long. She's going to be out for that long. Like, there's no appreciation for what you go through, it's always, oh, well, that's going to hurt me or that's going to hurt my company because now someone else is going to have to help handle that work. I just wish that it was different here. I agree. I definitely agree. Just more time. Yeah. Getting back to pregnancy. (laughs) I had implantation cramping so bad that it felt like stabbing knives did you in my uterus yes this is why I thought I was miscarrying because I was in so much pain and that's what actually prompted me to take a test and thinking about it I had that and I ended up going to the ER but like I said I already knew I was pregnant so baby already implanted at that point and I ended up in the ER because of the stabbing pains so so you felt it like painful too? Yes. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And, and that was during COVID. So when we went to the ER, like my husband couldn't even come in with me because of the whole like, oh, you can only have one person in uh. with you. Or no, you know, you, you couldn't even have anybody in there because he had to wait in the car while I was in there. And none of our family even knew that I was pregnant. We didn't we didn't tell them until I was uh 12 weeks like a few days like a few days shy of being 12 weeks so like nobody knew that I was pregnant I was in the ER and I was like oh my god but yeah I I, yeah I vividly remember that (laughs) (laughs) it's scary nobody told me that like another thing that nobody I'm like friends friends why your multitude of you know, experience. Why the hell did you not pass that on to me here? I'm like panicking. And then I find out that this is a rather normal occurrence to feel like you are being stabbed to death for several days. (laughs) And, um, nobody tells me that. I feel like so many people, like they block out that they block out the negative stuff. Like we know when, like, after it happens, you're like, Oh, like, you know, as time goes on and like, you know, you, you've been having, sleeping issues you know with your son and I'm like you know I remember it being rough but like I like you know like your brain is like oh like it was so bad and like we were crying and we were falling apart and like you know but we don't truly remember that feeling of like what it was like in that moment and it's like oh you like I remember it but like do I remember it and it's it's like hard to remember it now it's like sometimes even hard to remember like what did she do two months ago or what was she doing two months ago? And like, as you would text me things like, Oh, did, she, <laughs> did you know this or did she ever have that? And I'm like, I'm like, let me check my notes. Cause I'm like, I, that's why I take notes on it's everything. It's like, help and me. I'm like, Is this normal? I try to remember it, but it's so hard. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I vividly remember her doing that. But like, when was it? It's true. We need to come out with a book. That's like normal shit. People don't tell you when you're pregnant or when you first have a child. (laughs) 
<laughs> because I, just in general, just in complete general. That and um, <laughs> you know, everyone kept telling me while I felt like I had the flu. I mean, I got sick early in pregnancy with an actual virus on top of all the bad, terrible morning sick. I was, I was puking literally <laughs> from Ugh. the day I woke or time I woke up till the evening. My husband would literally very sweetly laugh his ass off at me because I'd be like mid sentence. And all of a sudden I'd puke and have to hold it in my mouth and run to the sink, <laughs> throw up and, you know, get the water down the sink. And he would just, you know, laugh at me in a very supportive, loving, <laughs> loving manner. Um, but it was, it was terrible. I had to eat. I don't know how I could have been expected to not gain weight or <laughs> an, a little bit of excess weight while pregnant because I was literally forced to eat every three hours in order to not puke up everything I ate. And for people... And even then, even then eating and snacking, it yeah, still wasn't still do it. Yep. Or, or you just sit around like on the verge of puking all day. <laughs> and then you can't take anything. And everything that you can take is now, oh, it might contribute to autism. It might contribute to some, you know intellectual issue with your child. And obviously there's nothing wrong with autistic or neurodivergent people. However, if you know that something that you're doing could affect your child to make their life harder, of course you're not going to do it. And it's like, how many times did they tell me, oh, if you don't, if you have a headache or a fever or a pain, take Tylenol. And now all that I'm bombarded with is these lawsuits from attorneys. <laughs> hey, does your child have autism? And did you take Tylenol? And it's like, seriously, <laughs> you can't take anything while you're pregnant. And now the one thing that I could take, you're telling me, hey, you shouldn't have taken that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I definitely find myself leaning more towards like the crunchy side of mom life, like doing things like, oh, if you can, if like if I have a headache, I'm not grabbing the Tylenol, I'm going to grab some essential oil and smell that for a second, or I'm going to drink six gallons of water yes. to try and see if that's the issue before I go grab the Tylenol. And I, I was always like that even with while I was pregnant, but I definitely find myself doing it more with like even just like household things. Like I just made ourselves some like laundry detergent and it's supposed to last us like six months and it's like non-toxic and whatever else. And I definitely am like, oh, like now silicone stuff and like not. Um, hello, you need to send me this. <laughs> I will. I mean, it's it was very easy. And I'm sorry. I... Wait, what's. Well, hold on. Hold on. What's wrong with silicone? silicone like if you heat it to a certain temperature you need to tell me this my child's bowls and spoons are silicone you need to tell me what is wrong with silicone listen it's you know the stuff that you learn on tiktok is like yes it's like good and you're like i'm learning so much and i'm gonna cut out all this shit but then the other side of it is like oh my god like is this even like good for like my mental health like 
and like now I'm questioning like the pots and pans I have. Like a nonstick <laughs> is is no bueno, and to ha- you need like stainless steel yes. or cast iron. Otherwise, all the metal flakes and the blah 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 and the PFAs and the forever chemicals. Oh, that's it's like, so true. Okay, yes. okay, I got it. And then I'm trying to do it, and then it's like, oh, like if you eat the eggs that are at the store, yeah, and like the eggs that you eat at the store are blah blah blah. So then I was like, oh, let me find a little um a little a uh, uh, military spouse. They have chickens. Like I'm gonna go buy me some farm fresh oh, chicken. Oh gosh, eggs. I miss like, my chickens. It's just like a rabbit hole, and I I am I'm seeping down into it's it. True. And you, it's true. There <laughs> is nothing that makes you have. There's nothing that makes you have anxiety over every little aspect of life, like having a child, like, like trying to make sure that nothing affects that child. Before I got pregnant, as you know, I lost my father to cancer. My dog, I lost to cancer who was like my son for 14 years. And then my mother got diagnosed with cancer and Two of them have lymphoma, and my mother, thank God, is in remission, praying every day she stays that way. Um, But nothing will prepare you for how psycho you go with all the chemicals in your life or anything like pregnancy or cancer. And both of them at the same time, my husband watched me toss out every skincare product I had. Expensive Sephora skincare products that I went crazy on Think Dirty (laughs) and the other app. I can't think of the name right now. And I literally tossed all my crap out and went clean everything. Oh, yeah. And then... You know, you get those stainless steel pans and everything stinks. I don't know if I just suck. I don't know how many times I watch Hell's Kitchen and they don't screw up their pans like I do. (laughs) But, you know, then I went to ceramic because they said ceramic was great. And now it's not. I just saw this. Well, I did see on... um stainless steel like if you you have to let it heat up to a certain like let it heat up first and then you take a drop of water and if the if the water evaporates into the pan it's not ready if the water bounces around like a little bead then your pan is ready for food so try that next time i saw that i watched that tip and see if that that helps see if that helps i will try that now getting back to silicone if i don't ever put his silicone stuff in the dishwasher or in the microwave for more than 10 seconds. Am I safe? Do I need to throw this out? Like bamboo can get moldy. And what am I saying? I should just went with steel. Yeah. Why didn't I just go with steel? Yeah. I thought he'd poke his freaking eye out. Yeah. I, um, I don't know what the rules are. I mean, we haven't thrown our silicone away. I think I'm just like not ready like to I feel like if I deep dive and then I'm like going to get in a bigger rabbit hole. So I'm like I I have what I have. I don't I don't put it in the microwave. Um and if I do, like it's just like to heat up like 5 seconds of whatever I need to heat up real sec- real quick, but normally I put it like on a No, I'm never going to put it in the <laughs> microwave again. <laughs> That's it. Final straw. It's never going back. It's just not going to happen. It's never going back. <laughs> No, it's not. Yeah, I mean, but that's okay. I mean, <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, you can't microwave it anymore. I mean, what are you? What are you gonna do? I mean, it's it's 
it's like a like I said, like a rabbit hole and like you get sucked in and it's it's you know, it's for the benefit in general, but then you're like how much more of my mental health am I gonna sacrifice to get to where I need to be <laughs> for me to be happy? <laughs> it's so true. Um so on that note, we're gonna end this for today and pick up next week. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? That is it. I will say if you um if you enjoyed today, then uh, this is just the ice the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> and part two will be next week because there there's a lot to be said about pregnancy and when you first find out you're about to have a child. Yes. Yep. So we'll see you next week. All righty. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Mama Rand. Bye.